Philosophy Friday. This is the one. We've got Professor Nick Cleveley in the house. We're going to do this thing. What's up? <laughs> Nick, how's it going? Hey, brother. Yeah, good, Brie. How's it going? Yeah, good. I'm ready to. I'm ready to hear some apologetics. Mm. I'm ready to dive right in. It's the weekend. We love philosophy on Fridays. Excellent. Well, just to remind everyone, we're looking at arguments against Christianity, so we're making some responses here. Man, so you're just so looking- you're truly just diving right in. And no oh, chit chat, yeah. nothing. What's that? No chit chat. No chit chat. No. Oh no. Oh, oh, yeah. Um, how was your day, Mike? <laughs> Uh, don't make it. Don't, don't, don't say it like that. I know you don't mean it. <laughs> All right, just just give me a stupid philosophy already. Go. Okay, okay, okay. Right. So we're looking at the uh, the problem of exclusivity. So this Damn. is the unbelievers' problem with Christianity's mm-hmm. exclusivity. Um, okay. Jesus says in John fourteen six, "I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me." And our generation does not like that. Our culture rejects that. Yeah. Um, so exclusivity is one of the big problems, one of the big obstacles mm. to people accepting Jesus and Christianity. And probably going to be one of, the, one of the ultimate reasons for any kind of persecution eventually taking, taking root of a, a place like New Zealand. I mean, that's the thing that will get you along those hate speech lines, you know? Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, if, you, yeah. if if they, you know, at the end of the day, people can put you against the wall on this, and they go, okay, but because you can duck and dive, and well, not duck and dive, but you could try and pull a Tim Keller on people when they ask you about the homosexuality thing, and you're like, listen, you know, I'm having an imaginary imaginary conversation with people about this all all the time, and my, you know, in that I would say, well, you know, I am I am worse than any homosexual walking around you know i'm the problem i just want to make that really clear like sin is sin yeah. is sin and i'm the greatest of sinners and jesus saved me and it's not about pointing fingers and but at the same time you know they could point you down to okay but are you still saying people are going to hell and you're not you mm, know and at yeah. the end of the day you know you can't abandon this doctrine there's no. you know it is true that only those who trust in jesus for their forgiveness will be saved and it's it's the thing that that riles people up big time yeah. Well, let me let me read you one of my favorite quotes. So this is a uh, this is an excerpt from a full Donahue show, mm-hmm. and Al Mola and Rabbi Shmuley Boteach mm-hmm. are on the full Donahue show having a discussion about exclusivism. So mm-hmm. let me just read it. Uh, it begins with Donahue saying, "Well, Doctor Mola, sir, nice to see you again. You are how many strong these days, the Southern Baptists?" Mola responds. About 16 million members full, about 40,000 churches. It's good to be with you tonight. Donahue, thank you. Do these 16 million people believe that Jews can go to heaven? Mola, Southern Baptists with other Christians believe that all persons can go to heaven who come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And there is no discrimination on the basis of ethnic or racial or national issues related to who will go to the Scriptures. It's those who are in Christ. The defining issue is faith in Christ. Donahue. So a good Jew is not going to heaven. Mola. Well, all persons are sinners in need of a Savior. Jesus Christ is the sole mediator, and the gospel we are told by the Apostle Paul comes first to the Jews and then to the Gentiles, and salvation is found in His name and in His name alone, through faith in Christ. 
Donahue. So if a Nazi killed a Jew, a good Jew, a practicing Jew, the Jew goes to hell, but the Nazi still has a chance to get to heaven? That would be the consequence of your position? Mola, well, the gospel is <coughs> not just for the worst of us. The gospel is for all of us. And the scripture tells us the hard truth that all have sinned and that Nazi God is going to be punished for his sin and it will be judged as sin. His only hope would be the grace of God through Jesus Christ our Lord. And the profound truth of the gospel is that the salvation uh, can come to any person who, who comes to faith in Christ. It can come to that Jew who was killed and to that God who does the killing. That's the radical nature of the gospel. Donahue. Well, Rabbi Shmulibo teaches with us. You're the author of Judaism for Everyone. You know, Reverend Muller, this is such a vast organization. You have so many wonderful members. This just breeds anti-Semitism. I'm sorry. You cannot possibly look a person in the eye and say, if you don't come to Jesus, if you don't change your faith, you're not going to heaven. It reeks of prejudice and also stirs the soul to evil behavior, in my opinion. Mola. Well, if the church had just come up with this in the 20th century as a novel idea, perhaps it should be subjected to such critique. But this is the gospel that has been received from the Lord Jesus Christ himself, who said he came, first of all, for the people and children of Israel, and then also for the Gentiles. And he himself declared that he is the way, the truth, and the light, and no man comes to the Father but through him. He spoke as a man born of the Jewish race, but who was also the Son of God. Donahue. Well, three cheers for the Catholic bishops. And it's been a while since anybody has given them cheers. Well, Rabbi, it took us long enough that we are no longer calling upon our faithful, Catholic faithful, to evangelize and convert the Jews. Praise the Lord for that, whichever Lord may be your favorite. Rabbi Shmuley Botich. Amen. Pope John Paul II is one of the great friends of the Jewish people. Christians are our brothers and sisters, but they have, they have to finally acknowledge that there is a 2,000-year repulsive, malignant history of the church of trying to spiritually annihilate Jews by removing every last Jew on the face of the earth by converting them to Christianity and Jesus. And Reverend Moller, however intelligent of a scholar he may be, he is a spiritual Neanderthal with repulsive, revolting views. Because we know in history that Christian anti-Judaism has always led to racial anti-Semitism, this is the modern equivalent of spiritual terrorism. There we go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that that's exactly what we were saying, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, I mean the hit speech angle. Anti-Semitic, repulsive, revolting, spiritual Neanderthal. I mean, these are the accusations. Mm. Yeah, totally. Totally. I mean, that's uh, that's what we're up against. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, people just do not like that idea. And I remember coming coming into the Christian faith, or even just as an unbeliever, that was the thing for me. Like, that's what I hated Christianity the most for that reason as well. Yeah. The, the exclusivity thing. I just couldn't handle Christians. Or I, I suppose at some level, any monotheistic sort of thing, you know, that just basically banned everyone else and sort of claimed to have the truth. But Christians definitely, uh, you know, up there with the ex exclusivity. Um, mm -hmm. And... Uh, I suppose the thing that won me over was just going, okay, well, actually, you know, once you've looked at it and you've seen that it's not just a matter of subjectivity, there's this verifiable thing in history that everyone has to contend with, you know, then it's not a matter of going, okay, I'm just arrogant, but it's, yeah. I'm just working out the consequence of truth. Um, and, and, and that's what won me over on it. But yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. until you've reached that point, everyone's just going to have that same reaction. They just think of it as arrogance. 
Yeah, I mean, so the, the way that it's often put is, you know, we live in an age where globalization, you know, where everything's global. Yeah. Um, the world is now small. We've come into contact with millions and billions of people who think and believe differently to we do. And will we be so proud and so arrogant as to say that we are right, they are wrong, we are going to heaven, and they are going to hell? Can't we just be humble? Yeah. Yeah, that's the, that's the weight that we're made to bear mm. in this problem. And so as our 21st century New Zealand Western culture tries to accommodate globalization and what it's discovered, the two main responses are, on the one hand, pluralism. Yeah. And on the other hand, secularism. Yeah. Pluralism insists that all religions are basically the same, or that at least all truth claims are equally valid. And secularism, on the other hand, tries to marginalize us and say, you know, all public spaces should be non-religious. They should be secular. Mm. <coughs> so this is what we have to uh, give an answer to mm-hmm. as, we, as we insist that the Bible is correct and Jesus is the only way to heaven. So we got secularism and what, what was the other one? Sorry. Pluralism. Pluralism. Yeah, totally. So what's yeah. wrong with secularism? Well, uh, I'll, uh, let, me, let me deal with pluralism okay. first, deal with pluralism. and then we can deal with secularism. Okay. So, I mean, let's deal with the attitude that says all religions are basically the same. I mean, you know the well-known story of the blind men and the elephant? Mm-hmm. You know, there's an elephant, and then you've got a couple of blind men who stumble across an elephant, and they're all talking to one another about what an elephant is. Mm-hmm. One's holding the trunk and says an elephant's like a snake. Another one's holding the leg and says, no, that it's like a tree trunk. The other one's touching the torso and says, no, it's like a wrinkly wall. <laughs> but they're all engaging with the same elephant. They've just got differing perspectives. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem with Christianity and religion today. You know, all roads lead to Rome. We're all just dealing with the same reality, but we're just looking at it from different perspectives. Yeah. So what do we say to that sort of uh, story? What do we say to that story of the blind men and the elephant? Hmm. What do we say? Tell me. Okay. Well, uh, I mean, one of the big things to point out is, um, so you think you see the whole elephant? Mm-hmm. Someone, someone thinks they see the whole elephant while accusing everyone else of not seeing the whole elephant. Right. So there's hypocrisy in the criticism, isn't there? There's, an, there's, a, there's a lack of self-critique in their criticism. They're, they're, they're not allowing their own criticism to test their own perspective. Yeah. They claim to have all knowledge to see that we only, we only have part knowledge. The person who's telling the story is the pluralist. Right. Okay. Got the person it. telling the story is saying, you know what all religions are like? It's like a bunch of blind men all trying feeling up an elephant. Yeah. And, okay. you know, they yeah. think that the part they've got is the correct part, but no one's got the complete picture. Yeah. And so in order to make that kind of judgment, you yourself have to have, have, the, complete to have the picture of the whole. Yeah. Which is, <laughs> it's just a transfer of the arrogance, really. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Excellent. But I mean, I think what we need to say to pluralism is that it just doesn't fit the facts. Yeah. Um, our favorite apologist, Douglas Hrutes, um, <laughs> what he does, and uh, he, has, he gives a little comparison between Christianity, non-dualistic Hinduism, and Buddhism. And he just points, he just says, look, let's investigate the religions and let's just see if, you know, it's true. Mm. Whether they do indeed basically say the same thing. Mm. And he just takes three instances of uh, three basic beliefs. So firstly, God. 
what are these what what what's the view of god in christianity hinduism and buddhism hmm. christianity we believe in the tri-personal god the self-existent creator who is distinct from all that he creates there is a clear distinction between creator and creation he's the eternal one in hinduism or pantheistic monism all reality is one there's no creator creature distinction hmm. all distinctions are illusional maya um, the ultimate reality is what they call Brahman, and because it's a monistic view of reality, I am part of Brahman. Mm, mm. Yeah, they're incompatible. Com completely incompatible. And then yeah. Buddhism, of course, doesn't even have a personal God. The goal is a condition called Nirvana. Mm. You know, it's not about a person, it's mm. about a condition. Totally, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, and then look, uh, what about their view on humanity? Jesus, uh, Christianity teaches us that we are not God, nor are we gods, but that we're made in the image of God to serve and glorify Him, to be in a relationship with Him. Hinduism says we're all chips off the old block, that Atman, which is ourselves, is Brahman, and separation from Brahman is not because of sin, but because of ignorance. You know, you just have to stop and realize that you are part of God. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that's how you overcome separation from your own deity. And Buddhism is just so shallow. I mean, Buddha himself, he, he didn't like theology or speculation. Mm. And he was just focused on the alleviation of suffering. And he, so he, did, he didn't have a view of the soul or the afterlife or anything like that. More like a philosophy anyway, yeah. 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 And then you've got their view on salvation. You know, Christianity says we're all lost sinners who cannot save ourselves, but a God of love and grace and holiness comes down in the person of Christ to pay for our sins. We cannot earn our salvation. It has to come from outside of ourselves. It's not by works. It's by grace through faith in Christ. But Hinduism teaches that we become God through yoga and self-realization. That once we've come to realize the truth that we are God, then we can be freed from the constant wheel of reincarnation as we ascend into the one. Or Buddhism, um, you know, through wisdom and ethical conduct and self-discipline using the eightfold path, you ascend the cycle of reincarnation and you reach detachment or nirvana. Mm. So just do a quick comparison of these things. I think it, I think it's I think it forms this beautifully cohesive picture. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I think you've just converted me to pluralism. Okay, well there you go. Well, let's uh, let's no, apply it's... the law of non-contradiction for a yeah. moment. Oh, oh, you mean you have to use logic? Oh, okay. Uh, well, this is where Philosophy Friday comes in. Yeah, true. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, you're going to kill the fun if you use logic. <laughs> oh, yeah. But you shouldn't yeah. use your minds. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's only going to work if you go with your feelings. Yeah, exactly. But anyway. All right. So, law of non-contradiction. Yeah, Something cannot be A, and, you know, something cannot be A and non-A at the same time and in the same relation. Uh -huh. So, can God be both personal and non-personal? Nope. Can man be both God and not God? Nope. Can salvation be by human effort and not by human effort? Um, nope. <laughs> wait, so, let me wait. Let me think about that. Uh, nope. <laughs> so, so does the charge that all religions are the same fly? Uh, let me think about that. Nope. <laughs> yeah, once um, a lot of people say, "Well, that's because we're so Western in our thinking." You know, it's always the case of yeah. either or and not both and. We need to be all both andish. Yeah. And uh, I remember having a conversation with a Sikh. Uh, it was a form of Hinduism. Yeah. And I'm talking to him about Jesus and the necessity of Jesus and the deity of Jesus. And Jesus has to die to pay for his sins. No one else can pay for your sins. Hinduism doesn't have a way of removing sin. He's like, okay, okay. I'll add Jesus to my gods. <laughs> now, on the, on, the, on the exterior, that sounds very inclusive, doesn't it? Yeah. 
But is he adding Jesus to his gods as Jesus? Or is he just making Jesus another one of his gods? Yeah. Yeah, true. So it looks really inclusive, but he's he's actually being exclusive by the way that he includes Jesus. Mm. Yeah, that's a great point. So, yeah, the only way this is going to work is if you just basically put your brain off. You know, I mean, it's one thing to think Western, but really what we're just saying is think, thinking using logic. And uh, oh, fair enough, you know, maybe the West has accentuated logic, but you've got to think. And yeah. um, and it's the, the only way this is going to work is if you just literally don't face the facts on these things. Um and, and and yeah, but there it is. You can't you can't be a pluralist because it just doesn't fit together. You know, it's a good, it's it's an admittedly cool idea. You know, all roads lead to Rome. Hey, I think I cracked it. And then you just look at the details. And like any hypothesis that doesn't work with the details, you just gotta you gotta ditch it at that point. Mm, amen. Yeah. yeah. So uh, basically, what we're finding now, and I'm I'm leaning strongly on Killer for this next uh, point. Uh-huh. But he says, look. Pluralism and secularism, they've won the publicity war. Yeah. The wisdom of these views has trickled down, and we encounter them as unthought through, uncritically owned slogans. Yeah. yeah. And what people don't realize about these slogans is that they're self-defeating. Mm. And so here are a couple of them. Let's, let's see how they defeat themselves. And we, we've already touched on this, but all major religions are equally valid and basically teach the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's self-defeating, isn't it? Yeah. Looks like charity, but it's shown shown to be false when you have to actually force everyone to say the same thing. Mm, there we go. We've just There's seen no that. validity yeah. at all. Totally. <laughs> okay, here's another one. Each religion sees part of the truth, but no religion sees the whole truth. Says the one who sees the whole truth. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> self-defeating. Cuts off its own feet. Uh-huh. Falls by its own principles. Mm-hmm. How about this one? Religion is too culturally and historically conditioned to be the truth. Or let me put it another way. You know, if you're a Christian because you're born in a Christian country in a Christian Mm. family, and Muslim is a Muslim because he's born in a Muslim family in a Muslim country, Mm. what do we say to that? Mm. This was also a big problem I had (laughs) before going. Yeah, what do we say about that? We would say something like this. Well, you're a relativist because you're born in a relativist culture. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) because <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day if you go outside of western culture we don't find postmodern views on truth yeah you know in the east and in islam and in judaism and in buddhism we don't have these uh nuanced post-structuralist french philosophical notions um, on subjectivism and relativism and so on mm-hmm. it's in in many ways it's it's a, it is a product of our culture mm-hmm mm. So, uh, <laughs> I like that. Is that you know? Uh, it's, it, the, the other typical one is you know, gender is a, a social construct, and you just have to ask, is that a is that a socially constructed statement? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I mean, oh man, it's it's frustrating. Yeah, it's another I, one. Okay, are you Last getting one. these from Making Sense of God, Tim Keller? Uh, the reason for God. Reason for God. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Page five to eighteen. Nice. <laughs> I just... All right. So here's, here's, here, I think this is his last one. It is arrogant to insist that your religion is right and to convert people to it. Right. Yeah. So uh, are you trying to convert me uh, to, the, to your truth that it's uh, arrogant to convert people? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It all just cuts itself off. Exactly. You can't have relativism all the way down. 
There is no the absolute is. truth. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, are you is, saying... is there an absolute truth? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's a uh, it's it's really it's it, you know it's amazing that that anything's still standing. Actually, I mean, thank thank goodness for inconsistency, right? Because yeah, um, you know pilots don't operate by that idea, and um, doctors, and you know anyone that that doesn't people drive traffic. their cars with traffic lights. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it is just so important to see the the flaw. I mean, just embracing a flawed system of thinking that's not going to help you. You know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So just a little word on secularism. I think mm. we're probably running out of time. Yeah. But um, basically, uh, there is the other dominant philosophy out there in response to exclusive religions you know in the wake of september 11 you know people want to get rid of fundamentalist religion and push it out of the the public spaces and Mm. i'm I'm not making any comments on american politics or anything like that in Mm -hmm. saying this but but here's the issue it's a myth to believe that we can create secular spaces Mm. you see secular viewpoints like religious viewpoints or worldviews they're implicitly religious right They have a view on God. They have a view on man. They have a view on the world. They have a view on morals. Um, And so it functions in every way as a religious worldview does. Mm. Um, And so when you attempt to secularize public spaces, you have to be blind to your own religious commitments, your your belief system, Mm. and, and pretend that you don't have beliefs when everyone has beliefs. Everyone's a theologian as Sproul puts it. Now tell me something, what's the, what, what is the difference between secularism and um, maybe, I don't know, the sacred-secular divide that we advocate or even just separation of church and state? I mean, separation of church and state are, is, a, is a recognition of two realms of authority and our responsibilities to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I suppose what we would actually have to have is a conversation about natural law. Mm-hmm. And in the in those public spaces where the church is not, should the Christians still be insisting that the truth and the law that's written on every unbeliever's heart should still be the guide? Mm. Yeah, and and even that, that's the sort of conversation that needs to go on about right. public space. Totally, yeah, um, and because at some level, you know, obviously, if if I, let's say for example, I was in a Islamic state um, as a Christian. Secularism yep. would be a, a step in the right direction, you know, wouldn't it? <laughs> uh, yes and no. Because it would, it would allow Islam. me... If it's a fundamentalist extreme version of Islam that's persecuting the church, sure. But if it's a liberal Western Turkish type view, mm-hmm. uh, it could, you could actually be better off than um, in, a, in a place that's um, allowing for homosexual marriage, killing children, and a number of other abuses. Mm. So I'm not saying we should have an Islamic state, mm. not by any means. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bible doesn't give us, um, uh, it give, tells us what church government should look like, but it mm. doesn't tell us what the government state should look like. You know, God says submit to dictators. He says submit to all the horrible people, including Nero at the time. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah. I so, mean, I- it, it, so you'd have to evaluate between Islam and secularism, which one would be more beneficial to society mm. and that would be a discussion of a different type i don't think islam is automatically disqualified simply because it's a religion right i think um they, there may be better principles in islam that are based on old testament scriptures which we would have in common mm. 
Mm. But again, it's, it's a much broader discussion. We, we can't solve it in a quick conversation. Mm -hmm. There's a, a difference to be made there between secularism, which is, as you say, it's kind of the imposition of, a, of another faith um, upon yes. the public space. And, and then there's another word, I, I can't remember what, it was, what they used, but something to, you know, uh, talk about a secular sphere, which is, yeah. you know, really something to be desired um, in the sense well, we, that we're... Sorry, yeah, we would insist on liberty of conscience. Yes. Each person should be free to believe. Right. Uh, the Lord has given us our consciences, you know, uh, through which we honor Him as the Lord of the conscience. Yeah. And we can't force people into belief systems they don't agree with. And as Christians in government or, you know, it, it, or whatever, whoever's in government, we would want to see them protect the rights of that liberty. Yeah, um, I, I want to protect the right for Muslims to worship freely. Yeah, and so there's some, whatever that is, you know, that's good. <laughs> you yeah. know, and, and it has some overlap with secularity in that it's he's simply saying it's it's not a, you know, it's not a religiously, you know, um, it's not driving one single religion, you know, at yes. that point. So, so there, there will be aspects of leftist politics that Christians should be in agreement. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and there should be aspects of right-wing politics that Christians should be in agreement. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you're right. It is definitely a bigger discussion and um, yeah. one that we should have. Uh, well, it, one that actually requires a lot of reading. It's super complicated. And, you know, um, but it, it's it's more and more important as we go. I mean, this is going to be mm. the thing that we I have mean, to I mean, I don't, I don't think the, the points we're making are controversial. They're only no. controversial if... There are two sides, there are two parties, there are two po politicians that people want to follow right now, and they have hot topic issues which make it sound as if we're falling on one side or the other of, of those discussions. Yeah. And, and I'm not doing that. I don't have a political party in mind or a politician or a particular issue that I've got that I'm commenting on through these comments. I'm just trying to articulate the principles mm. of Scripture. Yeah. So you're not going for the Destiny Church Christian party then? I was thinking more along the lines of American politics. Okay. <laughs> but that's awesome, man. That, that's super helpful. Thank you for guiding us along in the arguments. What is it for? Again. It, it was the objection to exclusivism answered, or rather the, uh, the solutions of secularism and pluralism answered. Yeah. Boom. There we go. Yeah. There we go. Friday, folks. Have a good evening. And uh, have a good weekend. Good weekend. We will catch up with you tomorrow. Cheers.